As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. It is good to be with all of you, even if virtually. All those in favor of the motion, please say aye. We have unanimously adopted this crucial and complicated motion. This isn't about option A or B, but rather this is about looking at all the pieces of convention and looking at how to scale up or down as we get closer to August. Our top priority has always been to ensure the health and safety of convention participants and the people of Milwaukee. As a Milwaukeean, I know how important this convention is to our city. First, it was delayed. Now, one of the biggest events in Wisconsin history could look a whole lot different than anyone expected. Last month, the COVID-19 pandemic forced Democrats to delay their presidential nominating convention from July to August. Now, the party's Rules and Bylaws Committee has taken steps that could allow delegates to vote without ever stepping foot in Milwaukee. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson here, once again with my colleague Amanda St. Hilaire. Good morning, Amanda. Hey, Brian. So we're recording more frequent episodes Monday through Friday to help you sort through what can be an overwhelming amount of coronavirus news. We are recording on Wednesday morning, May 13th, 2020. And as Governor Tony Evers slowly turns the dial on reopening Wisconsin, his party is now moving toward what could be, at least in part, a virtual presidential convention. Fox 6's Amy DuPont has been covering the story from the very beginning, and she joins us once again on Open Record. Hi, Amy. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking us through all this. So to start, for people who haven't been following this very closely, where do things stand right now with the DNC, which was supposed to be in Milwaukee with a lot of fanfare, with a lot of promises for what this would do for the city? Right. So as of this morning, we know that the DNC 2020 will be held in Milwaukee uh, during the week of August 17th. But that's the only definite we have, how many days that convention will run, how many people will be coming to Milwaukee, how they will nominate their president for, excuse me, their candidate for president. Those are the things that the committee is still waiting to decide. Of course, just like most of us, they're waiting around to see what the health of the nation looks like when it comes to the pandemic. So we still don't have a clear picture, but there's so much riding on this. A lot of people here in Milwaukee still hoping that that 50,000 people we were expecting for a typical convention comes here because of course they bring a lot of dollars with them and that would be really good for our local economy. So, Amy, what exactly happened on Tuesday that sort of moved the ball forward? 
Sure. So Tuesday, the Rules and Bylaws Committee met by phone. First thing they said was, hey, it's nice to be with you all, at least virtually. And that's a signal of what we may be moving for here when it comes to the party in general. Uh, So that committee sets the rules for the convention. And what they did is they laid the groundwork to allow the convention committee, another segment of the Democratic National Committee, to change the way they hold the convention. Up until now, you know, those delegates have to meet in person, cast their ballots in person, you know, decide all the party rules and business in person. And so the the resolution called for, we heard this word a lot, maximum flexibility, uh, maximum flexibility to allow delegates to conduct their business in vote in a way that is the safest for those delegates and for the people of Milwaukee. So that's what happens. And now what happens, it goes to the total membership of the DNC. And then to be passed, it has to receive a majority of votes. Now that vote will be taken by mail. So it could be a a little bit before we know the answer. But it it passed unanimously in committee. It was proposed by the two chairs of that committee. The secretary of the DNC, Jason Ray, who is a Milwaukeean, he was all in favor of it, as well as Tom Perez, uh, the chairman of the DNC. So it it does really look like it's going to pass. Uh, We just don't know exactly when. Amy, you said there's a lot riding on this. What is riding on this? Because I think sometimes there's an impression of, okay, it would be nice if the DNC came to town, but if they don't, we're going to be no worse off than we were before. Well, think about the money that's not moving through Milwaukee right now, right? With Safer at Home, a lot of our businesses, especially little shops and small mom and pop stores, those are really struggling. They're not bringing in any money. A Democratic National Convention was expected to add about $200 million to the local economy. Plus, it gets Milwaukee's name out there, right? You have people that have never even heard of Milwaukee from all over the world now coming into town, seeing what is happening here. Uh, They get a good impression of the city, and then they come back. But that initial $200 million surge. That is huge. And of course, that's not just happening at Pfizer and the Wisconsin Center, where most of the convention business is taking place. When these conventions come to town, they hold events big and small throughout the region. And of course, that means caterers and florists and you know hotels, convention centers, even restaurants. They're getting a piece of that pie. Uh, and that may not be happening now. So, Amy, when this was first delayed uh, in the the beginning of April, uh, the DNC announced they were going to move this back from mid-July to uh, mid to late August, August 17th. And that was obviously hoping to buy themselves some time to see how this plays out, to see if things start to open back up, if restrictions loosen. And, And so they've bought themselves that time. But now they're opening up the possibility that they may have to go virtual after all. What are some of the options of what this could look like come August 17th? And it is interesting, the language has changed. When I spoke with Joe Salmanese, this convention CEO, back on April 2nd, when they announced they were pushing it back a month, as you said, Brian, that was to give them flexibility. And at that point, Salmanese was saying, we want this convention to look as close as it possibly can to a traditional convention. The language has changed. Now they're saying things like maximum flexibility, you know, not not wavering on keeping the delegates and uh, Milwaukee and safe. Uh, so they still have not even said how many days this convention will be. They're only saying the week of August 17th. A typical convention is four days. If they don't have everyone here, they may not need to do that. So it could just be one day. They have not given any options as to how those delegates 
would vote. Uh, some of the options, of course, would be mail, would be virtual. So what's going to happen is they said that this isn't about A or B options. It's about laying out all the options. And they haven't given a date yet of when they're going to make the final decision of what this will look like. Uh, but once they do, uh, that'll go to... Um, back to another DNC committee. Um, And then their IT committee will, of course, be in charge of making sure that however they choose to vote uh, will be secure. But the convention rules committee will be the ultimate kind of body of the DNC that at the last moment decides how they're going to do this. And then, of course, working with IT, there were some concerns by the committee, the rules and bylaws committee about, you know, making sure the delegates who live in rural areas have access to voting because, you know, convention goers usually aren't younger people. They're older people that have been around a long time, some of them not familiar, you know, with things like Zoom and other uh, digital platforms. So they haven't decided how they will take a vote. They didn't even lay out any options. Uh, that'll all come later. And all they're saying right now is that those decisions will be made closer to August because, of course, I think they are really hoping for a Hail Mary here that they would be able to hold a convention in person. What has it been like to cover this, Amy? Because you're taking kind of some of the inside baseball stuff and the hyper-technical aspects and trying to explain it to people in a way where they understand the impact on them. I think it's just as frustrating for us as it is the public because everyone wants to make a decision, right? Again, you have all these businesses that did all the paperwork, they submitted their plans, they want to get a piece of that pie, and just like us, they're waiting to find out what it's going to look like. I mean, think about it. We saw the blueprint from the security team, a kind of the area that will be affected. If you want to do anything at your own home, at your own business, you're trying to make plans now, and there is no plan because they just don't know what's going to happen. So uh, when my photographer and I, when we were writing this story yesterday, he said, I'm trying to make soup out of bones. You know, there's just not a a lot to share right now because no one knows exactly what's going to happen. And they're not willing to make a decision now because they want that flexibility to either scale up or scale down again to make this convention the best that it can be under the circumstances at the time in August. Obviously, they don't want to hold this virtually if they don't have to. The ideal is to have everyone pack into an arena, pack into Pfizer Forum, and bring all of that economic impact to Milwaukee if they can. But this vote, if I understand it, this kind of opens the door, though, to that possibility of a first-ever virtual convention, right? Absolutely. This would be the first time they've ever done that. That's why it's taking all these steps to get the approval of all of these different people because they've always met. You know, Vice President Biden... Uh, Now, the presumptive nominee, uh, he had said, you know, they've held a convention every year in person going back to the Civil War. And he had said if they could do it then, they could do it now. Uh, But he, too, had said that this is about public health. And so they want to make sure that if those delegates come together, that they're all safe. Because, of course, that would be really bad optics if, you know, that we saw another surge of coronavirus cases after the convention. They don't want to do that. But it's a fine line, right? Because this is just about as much party business as it is pomp and circumstance. You know, this gets their base excited. It's at the now in the middle of August, not that far out from the November election. It's on TV. There's glitz, there's glamour, there's the confetti drop, and they want their base to get excited and go out and get those undecided voters. So that is why they're desperately trying to hold on to this convention to make it a typical convention. How do these plans or lack of plans for the DNC compared to what the GOP is doing for their convention? 
Well, as of yesterday, the president and the president of the RNC, they are going full steam ahead. They are saying that they are going to hold their convention. Theirs is taking place August 24th through the 27th in Charlotte. Um, They're asking for PPE, more of that protective equipment. But right now they are saying, hey, we are going to do this. As you know, the president has also been talking about he too wants to get back out on the campaign trail. You know, he is in his element when he's in the bowl surrounded by all his supporters um, rallying his base. He is good at that. And so he and the party really, really, really are pushing to make this happen. And right now they are not wavering from having a traditional convention. With the DNC and all of the things that are up in the air on this, um, you have suggestions ranging from, you know, doing this virtually, people voting from home to still trying to hold this in person. And House Speaker Nancy Pelosi just a few days ago uh, floated the suggestion of holding the convention over one day instead of four and doing it in a gigantic stadium. Now, she didn't identify a specific stadium, but others have said, well, if you're looking at Wisconsin, the only two stadiums really that qualify would be Camp Randall or Lambeau Field. Is there any real serious discussion of having a convention with, instead of, say, 50,000 or 80,000 people, having just 16,000 spaced out throughout Lambeau Field or Camp Randall Stadium? Is Is that a serious consideration? I think that every consideration is considered an option right now. Uh, again, they're not making any decisions because um, they want to to leave the door open to do this. Um, you know, there have been talks about they'll still hold all those speeches inside Pfizer, but the only people in the bowl will be the one, you know, pool camera that's broadcasting it out to the world. In addition to getting all those delegates in one area, the problem is the travel. There are certain people that just do not feel safe to get on a plane with other people, you know, go through multiple airports, use public transportation to get to where the convention will be held. So, again, that is the big concern here. It's keeping those delegates and the community safe. So every option is still an option, but it's more than just finding one location to put those people to raise their hand and cast their ballot. And you bring up a great point, Amy, because it's something we've talked about on this podcast episode a lot. You can make all the rules or uh, ease up on all the restrictions all you want. If people don't feel safe, there's only so much you can do. And I'd imagine the same thing applies to the convention. Absolutely. And one other thing uh, Tom Perez, who's the chairman of the DNC, had said was that this kind of lays the groundwork for the November election as well, right? It is an election of just members of the DNC, just those delegates and superdelegates. But, you know, they want to pave the way, like what works, what doesn't work, because it'll be a good indicator of the November election. Again, there's discussion about possible mail-in ballot for the November election. Uh, You know, we, of course, here in Wisconsin, they're going to push absentee ballots, although there were a ton of problems with them back in April. We talked a lot about that way back then. Um, But again, this is a test, both the DNC and the RNC, for what those large gatherings are going to look like in this new pandemic era, and also how we're going to hold large elections in the future. You know, I, I think about not just the, the party and the convention and Fiserv, but 
it's been such a difficult year for small businesses, for restaurants and bars uh, in the state and in other businesses that have been closed. And, and for many of them, I imagine they, they've been looking forward to what was going to be a huge week of people coming in from all over the country, all over the world to visit Milwaukee, to crowd Milwaukee. And even outside the city, you have the suburbs that were going to be flooded with this influx of people. Now here's another level of uncertainty. Is Milwaukee going to be virtually empty uh, at convention time because people are voting from home? And, and aren't coming in. I know for others, there was the concern that actually the convention could be bad for business because maybe with streets shut down and other things like that, that it could be difficult for, for them to attract their usual customers. So I, I don't know what that exactly means for so many of these, but the uncertainty is never a, a good thing when you run a business in a year with so much uncertainty. Absolutely. And back in April, when they talked about moving that convention back by a month, Mayor Tom Barrett had said the timing could be perfect, right? It's just when the local economy is starting to get back going. And he considered it a shot in the arm, right? A big kickoff to get these businesses teetering on the edge of, you know, staying in the black to propel into more of a successful climate. And now, again, we just don't know if that's going to happen. And Brian, the other thing that Milwaukee will miss out on if this doesn't happen, if it's not an in-person convention, uh, the local host committee had brought in people that organized past RNCs, past DNCs, even the Super Bowl up in Minnesota. And they talked about hosting a convention for the host city is not about politics. It doesn't matter which team you're going to vote for. A lot of people can benefit because of all that money and all those visitors coming into Milwaukee. And a lot of the things that will happen in these host cities, they have improvements to infrastructures, more bus routes, more street lights, things get cleaned up. You know, there's paving projects that benefit residents going forward forever. And, and, you know, those are the things. What's going to happen if we don't have 50,000 people here? Will the city spend the money and will the host committee make the money that they're asking for to make some of those improvements to the city that benefit everyone regardless of party. What are you keeping an eye on and watching for over the next few weeks, Amy? I think an indicator of what's happening or the discussions behind the scene will be what's happening at Pfizer Forum. Uh, There is a local Milwaukee uh, business won the big contract to, to transform the inside of Pfizer into a convention floor. Now, when we last spoke to them, they were told, hey, we're going forward like this thing is going to be traditional, like compared to every other year. I think that'll be the key. If we see movement down at Pfizer, if we see construction equipment coming down, building materials coming down, that's a good indication that cameras will still be in there, that the presidential nominee is going to be on the stage here in Milwaukee. Um, If there's nothing going on downtown, because that's going to take a while, right, to, to transform the bowl, I think that's a good indicator of what's going to happen. Now, you just think about what a big year this was to be for Milwaukee. The Bucks appeared to be on their way to what could have been a serious run at the NBA title, and the NBA season is, is indefinitely suspended. This is a showcase of the city of Milwaukee at the best time of year to be in Milwaukee, the middle of summer, and of course this is being blown apart by this pandemic. So much of an impact on the city of Milwaukee and what may have otherwise been one of the greatest years to remember. This is certainly one of the most unusual years to remember. And I was looking, thinking about this, we even have Summerfest that's been moved, obviously, to, to new dates later in the year. And you think, could we be at a time in, in, in the fall or late summer of, of 2020 when people are crowding into the Summerfest grounds and yet the Democratic National Convention is being held virtually? There's just so much up in the air and so much that's unusual about this. It's certainly not the year we expected. 
It is not at all. And it's not the year that local business owners or party leaders expected or wanted. Again, they, both RNC and DNC organizers, you know, they make cities happy. I mean, of course, there are some people that don't like the traffic and the visitors, but the financial and economic impact that these conventions and big events have on cities, whether it's Summerfest, the Super Bowl, or a convention, they are huge and they have a lasting effect on that city. You know, Milwaukee is missing out at a time when they really could use that spotlight. Uh, Jason Ray, again, he lives here. He's a Rice Lake native, went to Marquette. He's now the secretary of the DNC. He's a young guy too, the youngest ever elected to that position for the DNC. He had said that he made it clear he knows how important this convention is to the city of Milwaukee. And he said, regardless of what that convention looks like, they are really going to try to still put the spotlight on Milwaukee. Now, what that means, we don't know yet, but uh, he is putting it out there that he's going to try to get some, you know, some long lasting positive effects here on the city. And as we try and figure out what that means, I'm sure we'll be talking to you uh, even more on this podcast. So thank you, Amy, for taking the time to take us through that. Oh, yeah, it's a roller coaster, right? Lots <laughs> lots of more ups and downs before this thing kicks off in August. Thanks. And we are going to continue bringing you more frequent episodes of Open Record as we cover the COVID-19 pandemic. If there's a topic you want us to discuss, an issue you think we should investigate, please send us an email at theinvestigators at fox6now.com. Thanks again, Amy, for joining us. And thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel, and executive producer Sarah Smith. And please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Brian Polson, And for Amanda St. Hilaire, we'll be back again tomorrow. Tomorrow.